Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, Screen the Screener listeners out there. Thank you for tuning us in again. Mike, Randall, and Gus back together again. We're happy to bring you some more college basketball tidbits for this particular podcast. Mike, Randall, how's everything going? College basketball never stops. Uh, Gus, I recorded a, a podcast, uh, 10 in the Head, out today uh, in Michigan. And it's fantasy football, right? Because it's, it's fantasy football season, the whole thing. But the gentleman, Nick Faber, great guy, it still asked me about Screen the Screener, and he asked me about what my thoughts were on Miles Bridges. Stop it. So Nick didn't quite know what hit him, my friend, um, because I think Nick thought that was the old soft opener, okay? But he went the wrong way with me. Did, did, was he thinking that you were just going to kind of give him a, a token answer, being like, oh, well, it's nice to have a returning player for Mich- Michigan State? Oh, yeah, it, that's exactly what he thought. And I go, Nick, let me tell you something right now. Okay. And then clearly, you know, we, we had to get off that and get on to why I, you know, don't like Allen Robinson. Okay. And why I also think my favorite deep sleeper is Paul Richardson of the Seahawks, by the way. Very nice. Thank you. Uh, but uh, yes, we talked to, he's like, you know, out here in uh, out here in Michigan. And, you know, I don't know if you, your thoughts are on Michigan State. You know, happy Miles Bridges came back. I cut him off. I go, happy Miles Bridges came back, Nick. Let me tell you, he's the best player in the country last year and this year. And I think Nick had to regather himself. I would have loved to hear his response. That would have been <laughs> highly entertaining and <laughs> hilarious. So basketball never sleeps. Uh, yeah. So speaking of Miles Bridges, Mike and I will just go over a couple of our top teams uh, that we have coming back for this particular season. We're not going to give you the exact uh, top 25 or our final four picks uh, immediately, but I think it's worth noting some of the top returning teams now that almost everything is in place for the upcoming season. We're still waiting on a couple of transfers to make up their mind. We're still waiting on a couple of people to be eligible for this particular season. We're still waiting for those particular things to fall into place. But with the information that we have now, Mike and I are going to give you a few teams to keep an eye on that are going to be what we call quote unquote chalk for the upcoming polls. Yeah, and it's chalk because we talked about this last year. When March Madness comes, I think Gus and I are the only people that hope the Final Four are Akron, St. Mary's, Gonzaga, and New Mexico State, right? But everyone roots for the little guy early, but they want the big teams there late. And let's face it, folks. They usually come late. Usually you got at least two pretty big teams in there at the end. So we got to pay some attention to these big teams and we got to give you the breakdown. Who do we like better? Duke, Kentucky. Who do we like better? Arizona versus Louisville. That's why we got to talk about them because in the end, more than likely, Gus, I think two of them are going to be there. Well, if we just pay attention to history, uh, you know, throwing out that one Final Four, we had the one, three number one seeds that made it to the Final Four. There's been that uh, George Mason. There's been that VCU. There's been that Dayton in the Elite Eight. There's been that Butler with back-to-back championship game runs. Uh, not one of those runs as an eight seed. Uh, so, of course, we want to pay attention to Cinderella. But at the same time, you have to pay attention to the King of the Hill. And we'll talk about some of those Kings of the Hill here. And you'll be very happy to know, folks, shockingly enough, that we have very strong opinions on these big teams and who we like and who we think maybe is a little bit below where they should be. So let's get into it, Gus. All right. Very good. First place that I'd like to pay attention to, Mike brought up one of these players uh, last podcast, DeAndre Ayton, as one of the top freshmen, one of the top players to pay attention to. I went ahead and championed the, 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 the big man in NCAA hoops and, and the impact that the big man can still have. 
on both ends of the floor due to uh, various variables uh, in the NCAA game, difference from the uh, NBA game. But we'll give you a little rundown here of Arizona. And of course, we're going to start with one of Mike's guys, DeAndre Ayton. Big frosh, seven-footer, top five NBA pick. Um, he will definitely have as big an impact as Laura Marketing did last year for them, perhaps even more so. Uh, Brandon Randolph is a transfer, by the way, of Xavier in Utah Valley. 6'2 guard, he's going to find uh, some nice time in the rotation. Uh, good backup guard to have. Veteran guy who's been around. He's going to want, the reason he's in Arizona right now is to make a Final Four and be in a winning program. So you know he's going to buy into whatever his role is behind uh, Parker Jackson Cartwright, Raleigh Hawkins, Alonzo Trier. He will be in. Mike also mentioned Emmanuel Acott. Shout out to Canada people. The 6'8 swing is legit. Oh, Canada. My favorite poker player of all time, Daniel Negreanu, is from Canada. He's from Canada? Uh, he is. He's Canadian. Yeah. You're kidding me. Oh, yeah. And he's dominating. Yeah. I, I mean, not, not that I really pay attention to the, the nationalities of poker players, but I'm surprised. <laughs> uh, good seats still available for any poker match, but I'm sitting in one of them. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we can't forget Mike's guy, Raleigh Hawkins, right? Raleigh Hawkins went to the NBA draft, came back, uh, got some good feedback, Um he was injured at the NBA draft, but we uh, NBA uh, draft combined. Uh, so we're very excited that he came back. He's like one of those like big bully combo guards. He can handle the ball. He can shoot the ball. He can bring it to the hole hard. He's going to make his foul shots. He's not going to turn over the ball a ton, and he is going to take some chances. He's a difference maker on both ends of the court. Uh, and of course, everybody's all American. Alonzo Trier. Alonzo Trier, as Mike mentioned, had his PED suspension, which was like uh, shrouded in mystery in the early part of the season, and nobody could really figure out or get any intel on why he was suspended. But now that he's back for a full season, he's back for a full season with some reason and some impact, and and there there there's it's a righteous reason. It's not just like I'm going to come back to get better. He wants to help this team get to a Final Four. Yeah, Gus, this is the time. It's the time for Sean Miller to make a Final Four. He's got a balanced team. He's got great freshmen. He always recruits. He's got some solid players coming back. Trier missed a lot of time and ended up lighting the world on fire, and they just ran into a difficult matchup in the tournament. Xavier. Ran at Xavier. That's right. They ran at Xavier in the tournament. Very difficult time. Trier tried to bring him back himself, but he now is going to have a full year. He is a guy who wants to make the NBA. He has a lot, like you said, shrouded in mystery. We're not sure. Can he carry a team himself? Is he going to play second fill to Aiton? All these things. But like I said, the guy that I love, the heart and soul of this team is Roley Alkins. The idea, Gus, that he was going to the combine with a sling on his hand is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my freaking life because he's injured. He's not exactly a guy you were thinking 25 a game, right? So why not come back? But he made the right decision. I'm happy. And he's a guy who I think can really do some damage here. They got Trier. They got Alkins. They got Ristic who averaged 10.9 points a game, 5.5 rebounds, only 22 minutes. So he's got to work on the foul trouble. But they got a, a great bunch of guys coming back. I still don't know why Kobe Simmons left. But <laughs> Sorry, I threw it in there. But uh, this is a team, Gus, that I'm going to be very, very high on. When we end up talking about our top 25, once we hit October, November, in terms of who we like, they're going to be one or two for me. They, they have to be... Uh, especially with who they have coming in and, and, and especially with uh, uh, the Begley situation, it's uh, that's an option. You, what you need is you need reliable vets. Arizona has reliable vets. They have Parker Jackson Cartwright, who's going to run the point. 
They have Ristic that Mike mentioned. Isn't it amazing a uh, Parker Jackson card still there? I, I, I was surprised when we were prepping for this. I looked up. I thought he was gone. He's still there. He's, he's there for one more year. So you, you need ultra-talented wings. We mentioned the wings. Hawkins, Trier, uh, Randolph, uh, Acott. Uh, you need some bigs. We always said that you need some bigs to make a deep run. They have two reliable bigs with the freshman uh, freshman uh, DeAndre Ayton and, and Ristic. So they have kind of all the things that you need for a deep march run and man wouldn't it be great wouldn't it be great if we can just stop the conversation next season and get the monkey off of sean miller's back instead of making a final four like who's the best coach that's never made a final four wouldn't it be nice if they just made a final four and made it made it to the championship game and we could just stop talking about that and we can just celebrate him as being one of the great coaches in college basketball this particular season. I think that's a no-brainer. So Arizona, if you're going to start your top three or top five or even just start at number one, I think the Arizona Wildcats definitely need to be in that conversation. Top three, top five, and definitely for that top spot. Yeah, ACOT's great as well. He's a little bit raw when compared to the people on the roster, but he's got length, athleticism at 6'7". He's going to join Aiden. He's reclassified, so he's, he's reclassifying down to 2016. Gus Arizona's loaded. Totally loaded. I think the, I think Sean Miller's going to have some trouble finding playing time for all these talented people on his particular roster. Speaking of talented people on the roster. There's one top team who's always in the running who Mike Randall might chuckle at and they've kind of changed their recipe for success. Last year, we all celebrated Frank Mason uh, III as the National Player of the Year. Absolutely deserved. He played like a beast last year. That team made it to the Sweet 16. However, are they going to be good again this year? Yeah. You know what? Mike and I think that they are, but they've definitely changed their recipe for success this particular year. Bill Self has relied on these high-impact freshmen, which he has another one. of uh, He has Billy Preston coming in, who's like a very high-rated freshman, 6'10", kind of do-everything guy. Think of uh, Julius Randle from Kentucky, maybe with a little bit more range than Julius Randle has. Uh, but So he's relied on these guys, Wiggins. Uh, Embiid, uh, but he's going the transfer route. Bill Self is trying to mix it up. So one of the places that he went for the transfer route is Malik Newman. Malik Newman is a Mississippi State transfer. He was very highly recruited coming into Mississippi State. Uh, Top 10, top 15-ish type recruit. He had a very pedestrian freshman year at uh, Mississippi State. And decided to transfer. And the place that he landed was Kansas. Now, isn't it nice for the Kansas Jayhawks when you lose the player of the year in all of college basketball that you get to bring in somebody like Malik Newman who's had experience at a big-time program and a big-time conference and you get to plug him in next to Graham? That seems like an automatic no-brainer. Like, holy smokes, how lucky did they get? Yeah, and Malik Newman, by all indication, is a really incredible dynamic scorer. They played these games, Gus, in Kansas, these Italian exhibition games. It was it was nice to see, you know, they do that sort of thing, especially, you know, we're now talking in the summer here, so they're all out there in Italy on a trip. 
But uh, when they went against the professional team in Italy, I think if I want to get this right, like Jingsu Monkey King, uh, Palace Sport Enrico Somaccini. Okay. Very, very nice. Uh, all, very nice. All returns, especially on, on, di- on a bunch of websites like Fansided, they said it was the Malik Newman show. He had 10 of the Jayhawks' first 15 points. So obviously the transfer has become acclimated <laughs> to the Jayhawk program very quickly, and he's been lighting it up. He grabbed seven rebounds, handed out five assists. He's there as a solid core coming back there in Kansas, Gus. So we have a situation where they're returning for their top eight scores, okay? And then they added Newman. They added the, the five-star freshman. You said Billy Preston. So that right there, he's got four of his top eight scores back. He's got Newman, who we know is going to start. He's got Billy Preston coming off the bench. Self does it again, doesn't he? You match Newman up with Devontae Graham, and you're talking about one of the best backcourts in the nation. Of course, I, I think we can go even go so far as to say that's going to be a top five backcourt in the nation. And then I, I just wanted to bring up one particular thing with Self, and I think this is like his, I don't know, is it like some sort of like sickness that he has, right? So he has this weakness for these larger shooting guard type players, right? Yes, well done. Um, and the large shooting type type guard that he brought in is Marcus Garrett. Now, Marcus Garrett loves these bigger guards. Think Wayne Selden. Think Ben McLemore. Insert Mike Randall joke here. Think... Let the game come to you, Ben. The team has a layup to the final four. Everybody loses. And my man is being passive in that game, going in passive. Was that VCU? Yeah. You couldn't get over how passive he was in that game. Think uh, Kelly Oubre. Think uh, Giddens. Think uh, Xavier Henry. Think uh, Brandon Rush. Tyrod Taylor. Uh, think, remember Josh Shelby. Uh, Josh Selby. Like, even Rex Walters. Like, is it a sickness? He just constantly brings this size of player into the program. And uh, Marcus Garrett is the next player of that size. Yeah, sorry. It was uh, it was Michigan, Gus. Uh, they lost against Michigan uh, 87-85. McLemore had 20 points, but it was the game before when he played North Carolina. It was 2 or 14 from the field. That was the game, the Trey Burke game, where Trey Burke went nuts. Kansas should have won that game. They could have won a national title. But sure enough, like Stanford, like Wichita State, South finds a way to gag it at some point. I just can't. Now, didn't didn't Michigan go on to the title game that year? Yeah, they went against Louisville with Russ Smith, but that's a story for Gus and I will share at some point. But yes, that's correct. Very good. You remember a lot of the big teams had lost, so it was like this was their chance. They were smoking Michigan. We got Hardaway jumpers, Trey Burke jumpers, and McLemore is just sitting there telling everyone to relax. Well, you know what, Ben? You can relax all you want because your season is over. I'm bitter. I'm bitter. Yes. (laughs) We need to bring up a couple of other players uh, that, that again, changed the recipe here for Self. Uh, Self went with another transfer from Arizona State, Sam Cunliffe. Uh, I see him having a little trouble in Kansas' system, but I'd like to applaud Self for trying something different to find success because of the hangups Mike just mentioned in the tournament. So he's trying something a little bit different. Yeah, and, and listen, I'm hard on self, folks, because you know I say to Gus all the time, like Kansas has great recruits. They're going for their 14th straight Big 12 title. And it's a shame because it's sustained success. He's a Hall of Fame coach, all that stuff. But you guys know the way it is. The bar moves, all right? So if you win 14 Big 12 titles, people are going to want a national title. If you only won five Big 12 titles, no one would be asking for a national title. They'd want one run to the Final Four. But after a while, 
while, people get spoiled. We know Kansas is winning the Big 12 this year. I think we probably know that. Yeah. So he won't be judged by that. Now, that's a shame because if you're sitting there and you're TCU, you'd love to win the Big 12, Jamie Dixon, and maybe he will someday, but it's just the bar gets raised because of his success. Uh, I agree. I think everybody else in that in that situation would love to be uh, Iowa State, right? And make a, make a Sweet 16 run no and doubt. have success, win the tournament, win the conference tournament every once in a while. Uh, we can't forget to bring up uh, Saviv Mihailuk. He is back. He t- got a little test of the NBA Combine. Mike, thoughts? Well, you, you can't you can't call, call, <laughs> blame him. You can't blame Svi for wanting to test it because Svi already has the traveling rule down in the NBA. Okay, so Svi goes, hell, if I could take five steps in college, I could probably take ten in the NBA. Uh, I mean, if we're going to talk Eurostep, I think the conversation starts there. I, I just, I guess I don't understand. It's really bad when, if you watch that video again, there's a guy on Kansas State standing at the foul line as he released the pointing. layup, doing the traveling yeah. symbol. like it, it And was, pointing. Right. It's not like it was over and people wave the shot off. Mihailik's in midair. He's going... And then they just count the basket. Refs are out the door. They're gone. Now, the, the the last ingredient here for Self and for Kansas to be successful this particular season is the big man, Azabuki. Azabuki was injured last season. Uh, once he was injured last season, that left a huge donut in the middle for them. Uh, they tried to play small. They tried to pl- uh, plug it in with a number of different players. But if Azabuki, the seven-footer, can come back and make an impact, we're not looking for him to score 10 points a game or, 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 or grab, a, a, you know, average a double-double. But he needs to come back and be impactful for about 20 minutes. If he can come back and do that healthy, that gives Kansas their required bigs. They have their talent on the wings. They have a trusted backcourt, in, like we mentioned, in Graham and Newman. That would really give them all the recipes to make a Final Four. But Azabuki here is the key. They need him to stay healthy and be impactful uh, on the defensive end especially. He's got a formula there. When you have such strong guard play and Newman also inside as well, I, I, you don't need to have – the guy can be serviceable. He can be Landon Lucas, right? Yeah. And that's what they're basically looking for at him. And Azubuki has the talent to be a little bit more than Landon Lucas for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we're going to take a look at Kansas, I think Kansas has to be in everybody's top five, definitely in everybody's top ten, uh, depending, on, uh, depending on how things shake out health-wise. For Azubuki, and it seems like they're, you know, Mike mentioned their Italy tour. Seems like that has been a nice team bonding experience. Uh, I think that you have to include Kansas in some Final Four talk and definitely in your top five slash top 10 preseason talk for sure. Uh, another team that's always there every single season is Kentucky. If you are not making a top 10 preseason list and you're not including Kentucky, then you're making a mistake. Because Cal brings in too many players. He brings in too much talent. Even with all of his guys leaving from last year, Kentucky is going to reload and they are going to have talent across the board. They're going to have five-star talent. They're going to have four-star talent. It's a little bit ridiculous. I mean, Mike is laughing at it right now. Guys, I'm sorry. I, I, we'll move the curtain back, as Gus would say. So Gus is going off here on the microphone, and I just pulled up on 24-7 Sports Kentucky's list. We're laughing. Because they got they got more stars than the freaking Big Dipper, okay? I mean, they're all over the place here. <laughs> five stars, Kevin Knox. Five stars, Jared Vanderbilt. Five stars, P.J. Washington. Five stars, Nick Richards. Five star Quade Green. Who is that? F- Point guard. Right. And I'm sure Jamari Baker's very good also. He's only got three stars. He's not even making the floor. I mean, this team is loaded. 
<laughs> the fact that they brought in that many top 100 players to replace what they had leaving for the NBA is ridiculous. The, the, I think the place that we have to start, though, is with Hamadou Diallo. Hamadou Diallo was like this, this, this NBA combine mystery last year because he did not play a single game for Kentucky last year. Uh, he tried to reclassify and be eligible for the second semester, and uh, things didn't work out accordingly, but he still was able to practice with the team and work out with the team and so on. Practice? We're talking about practice. Sorry. <laughs> However, they are bringing back one important part. And when Cal's had these successful teams with all these freshmen, he does always bring back a successful part from the previous year. And Wayne Gabriel is that particular player. I know that Mike has had his issues with Gabriel last year as a freshman, but he is coming back and he will be one of the leaders on this team. And as always in the Kentucky Wildcat you know, schematic of winning, it's nuts that a sophomore is the leader uh, and can be the impact in the locker room. You know, I, I'm sorry with the comparisons of fantasy football. Bear with me, but you know, some guy was t- ar- t- tis the season. Somebody guy was arguing with me the other day on Twitter. I like. I wrote back. I like everybody. It's just in the round they got drafted. So if I tell you I hate somebody, if he's available in round eight, I'll take him in two seconds. Oh, absolutely. Parallel. Wenyan Gabriel. I didn't like Wenyan Gabriel last year because I didn't think he was. I think the team was better when. Uh, I think he was better when Willis was on the floor. I just thought they didn't need Gabriel. He was kind of like a loosey-goosey, poor man's Marcus Camby. And then he ended up getting soft at the end of the year and shooting threes. They had plenty of threes. They had Malik Monk dropping 50. They had plenty of threes, right? However, I do think this is a different year. <laughs> yes. So I like Wenyan Gabriel this year. I think he is going to take that role, like you said, as a leadership guy. He's a legit 6'9", 215-pound guy. He's active. He can shoot threes. He's not a back-to-the-basket guy, but he can fill the lane. And let me tell you something. With with the Big Dipper stars of recruits coming in here, all he's got to do is be able to make some layoffs, right? So let's start with the Big Dipper, the, the constellation Look of stars. stars. <laughs> Five stars all over the place. Holy cow. P.J. Washington is, is the biggest of the stars. He is a load a low down low. He's a uh, 6'9"-ish. He's uh, uh, 230-ish, 240-ish. And he will be better than Bam Adebayo was last year. Mark it down. You heard it here first. He will be better in the post than Bam. And imagine if he can play Gabriel at the 4, put uh, Washington at the 5. Then that gives Kentucky its required bigs for its deep run. Uh, but the star of the stars is Kevin Knox. Kevin Knox is a 6'9" swing player that can do everything the dude can dribble it he can shoot it he can take it to the rack he can defend he's long on uh he's got a long wingspan he has every single thing that you want from a wing player think brandon ingram except 40 more pounds Knox is going to be pretty nasty coming up this particular season i'm just counting right now because they got 38 stars on this page <laughs> Five for Diallo, Knox, Vanderbilt, Washington, Nick Richards, who I'm sure you'll talk about, Quade Green, and then Shy Gildress Alexander, and Jamal Baker with four. It's 38 stars. That that would not follow the Hamiltonian path. That's an even number of stars. I mean, how long? <laughs> wow. <laughs> By the way, I'm looking at this list and I'm going, oh, P.J. Washington is number two in uh, – He's number two in, in uh, Nevada. I'm trying to figure out who's ahead of him in the state. I mean, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> so we talked about Washington a bit. We talked about Knox a bit. Uh, uh, one of the points that we need to bring up for Kentucky is 
the point guard position. Oh, and here's I'm sorry, Gus. I apologize. <laughs> here's the answer. 24-7 Sports have him, has him incorrectly listed as Henderson, Nevada. P.J. Uh, Washington is in Texas, and he's the second best guy to Jared Vanderbilt. He's also going to Kentucky. <laughs> Vanderbilt is like a is like a carbon copy of Knox, uh, so I can imagine if they play Vanderbilt and Knox together on the wing. Like, who do you go out and defend on the three? Like, who do you go out and like buy? Like, it seems like if these guys can just cooperate, like they're gonna have too many problems to solve on the defensive end for other people uh, in the SEC and nationally. But the point guard position is the key. Cal always is tough on his point guards. And if the point guard is going to play well here, then that's the way that they're going to get to the final four. Is it going to be Green? Is it going to be Alexander? I don't know. We got to. They, he has to sort that out and figure out who's going to take care of the ball for this team. If he can square that away and just ask that particular player, listen, don't turn the ball over. Get it to Knox on the wing. Get it to Vanderbilt the short the the short shoulder. Give it to PJ Washington on the block. Okay, give it to Gabriel when, you know, fourth option. Then this team's going to be incredible, but they have to figure out the point guard position. But they do have the stars, the five star recruits coming in to take care of it. Gus, if you're Jamal Baker, all right, and you're the 10th best guy in California, why on earth would you go to Kentucky? Listen, I'm not here to criticize, but there's Diallo, Knox, Vanderbilt, Washington, Richards, Green, uh, Alexander. We haven't even gotten to Gabriel. Jamal Baker ain't seeing the floor. I, I, and, and Jamal Baker can shoot it. I, well, clearly. But, like, <laughs> dude, you're the 10th in California. Why? I Like, I don't know. Sorry. This team's loaded. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think Green is going to be the guy. My money is on Green. Think like a little taller Tyler Eulis. If Green can be that type of impact player, I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Tyler Eulis. I'm not saying he's going to be in the player of the year conversation. I'm not saying he's going to be all SEC. But if he can just hold down the fort the way that Tyler Eulis has and and make an impact at the point guard position, then this team is going to be as talented as any team in the nation. We've gone over like all the stars. Mike went a little crazy when he pulled all of them up. But Green is the guy. If they can sort out and if Alexander can play some nice backup point, money. They're, they're, Kentucky is going to be back in business and be back in business to make a Final Four run. I think Cal has been very underrated here. We used to be very hard on him because, listen, even if you watch the 30 for 30 with Cal, he doesn't strike you as an inverted triangle and two guy like the God rest his soul Rick Majerus was. But honestly, Gus, so much of it is getting people to buy in and accepting their roles. You're in a leadership position no matter what business you're in. It's about having good chemistry and getting people to buy into their roles. Calipari was just smart. These guys know how to play. I just got to get him to buy in that they're only going to score eight points a game. All these guys, guess they're averaging 20 points a game in high school. Bobby Bowden wasn't always an excellent guy in Florida State and college football. There's a lot of ways to, to, to cut through it. He gets one more title, and by the way, he wants one very badly. Yes. The second one justifies the first one. He doesn't need it, but he's been such a great recruiter, Gus. He still smarts from that Wisconsin loss there with the Kaminsky team when because they won the undefeated season. He, he felt like Cat and that crew could definitely win a title. That's exactly right, yeah. but the experience trumps it, but... This team is, is, folks, going to be fun to watch again. Man, they're even – this is the most five-star recruits I think they've ever had in one, in one team, on one team coming in. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say in one recruiting, one class. recruiting class. This yeah. recruiting class is out of control. Yeah. Uh, and, and Mike brought up a, a, a very valid point. Like Cal gets his guys to buy in. And if you th- go back and hit the rewind button a smidge on um, that, you know, that cat team – 
everybody on that team sacrificed, including Cat. Um, Carl Anthony Towns is one of the best players in the NBA right now, and he averaged 10 points a game on that team. Mm-hmm. 10 mm-hmm. points a game. So if he can have similar buy-in from this particular crew of Wildcats, man, they are going to be good. 38 stars. I'm sorry. <laughs> guys, go to, go to 24-7 Sports Kentucky and take a look at this recruiting class. And then just pull up any other team like Kansas. Well, you're going to sit there and start laughing. All right. So what one of the last places we'll go uh, since we went a little bit longer on the Wildcats than we thought we would is let's – uh, we're going to visit one of Mike's favorite places. We'll talk about Michigan State yes. in depth a little bit. How about that? Yes. Now, we know that Mike uh, you know, already has already mentioned Miles Bridges, and he will probably continue mentioning Miles Bridges as the season goes on. But, you know, the conversation starts and ends with him. He is definitely one of the, uh, one of the returning players that's going to be in running for our player of the year. Uh, he's going to be on everybody's All-American team. But the he does have one of the coolest names going in sports, that's for sure. Miles Bridges. Um, 17 points per game, eight boards a game, uh, 39% from three. Uh, and he'll just dunk it on anyone, anywhere, with either hand, at any time. Needless to say that Miles Bridges will be on the Screen the Screen or All-American team in some form come in October. The question is, will he duplicate... And Mike, these are questions for you. Like, will he duplicate Caleb Swanigan's success and impact from a year ago? So first question, will he be a top three player of the year? Yeah, he's going to be the player of the year. I'm going to call it right now. He, what, what struck me is the size that he does everything at. I mean, he's making three-point shots. He's a hardworking kid, which means he's going to fall into rebounds, even if he doesn't play inside maybe as much as people would like. He's going to be the national player of the year. He is going to have a Caleb Swanigan-like year. Michigan State is going to win the Big Ten. You can lock those things up. What I love, Gus, is that there are so many players coming back on this team that people don't realize. So one of the players that's coming back is a classmate of Miles Bridges, Nick Ward. Now, Nick Ward is probably physically about the same size as Miles Bridges, maybe an inch or two taller, but he is a back-to-the-basket, old-school, throw-it-in, bang-around down there and do some dirty work. Love what Nick Ward brings to the table. About 14-ish points per game, about six-and-a-half boards and and one-and-a-half blocks. He will be like, uh, think of like... Remember Nene, like back in the day yeah. uh, for the Nuggets, where he just made an impact on on so many different levels offensively and defensively? I think Ward is going to have that type of low post presence. And I don't think he's going to make the same mistakes that he did last year, foul, uh, foul trouble-wise, uh, defensive rotation-wise, and then also uh, shot selection-wise. So I think Nick Ward, that's a good place to start too. You know what? Another guy to pay attention to? Mm-hmm is Ben Carter. It's always cool when you can bring back an old, wily veteran, and Ben Carter is one of those guys. Uh, Transfer from uh, uh, UNLV. Uh, He will definitely be able to fill it up. Um, He will be able to uh, fill Ward in in a backup situation for Sparty, and it's nice to have depth at the bigs like Carter is going to provide. I think we also have to mention the Frosh, right? You got to mention the Frosh. Uh, you know, you talked about the stars. This is a five-star recruit for the uh, for the Michigan State Sp- uh, Spartans. Is Jaron Jackson, right? Jaron Jackson is six eleven. So we you talked about like uh, you talked about how Miles Bridges is not going to have to play inside. 
he's definitely not going to play inside with Ward and Jackson, that's for sure. Uh, even if Jackson can just play 20 minutes a game, that's going to be gigantic. And let's not forget about the, the, the glue wing guys, right? Lankford and Winston. If Winston can play a little bit on the point, uh, if Lankford can do that little mid-range game, I, I think I think they're in business here. And we have uh, they have players and in place. I think they 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 could be in the talk for a Final Four run as well. Yeah, and that's it, Gus. They are everybody is underselling what Michigan State has returning: Ben Carter, Tom Tom Nairn, Lankford, Winston. So many guys coming back. Bridge is going to be All American. Jaron Jackson was a huge recruiting coup. He's talking about Michigan, a whole bunch of things. He came to Michigan State. They have the perfect balance. Matt McQuaid for three. They have the perfect balance of guys coming back. This is what Izzo excels at. I will tell you this. Calipari burns man for that second title. Izzo uh-huh. wants this one in the worst way. Now, they were in the Final Four in 2015, so they were there once before. But they, you know, recently, recent times. But they have a glue guys coming back. They have hardworking guys. Everyone knows who the star is. Jackson's not going to be asked to do too much. Nick Ward was a tremendous freshman. He's first team all freshman in the Big Ten. A lot of talent coming back on this team. Different. He's not going to have to mesh it because they kind of know they're rolling. Ben Carter's looking to average 15 points a game. No. I think Ben Carter just wants to stay on the court. So this is a top team. It's very. I'm very torn, man. If you ask me right now, we had to do a show tomorrow, and I had to name my number one team in the country – I would probably go Michigan State over Arizona. It would yeah. be very, very close, but that may be hard overhead because I like Arizona also. But I listen. Do not understand what the Sparty's got coming back because this team is loaded as well. I, I don't think there's any way that you could leave them out of your top four uh, preseason rankings. So I, if you're leaving the Michigan State and, and and Coach Izzo and Sparty out, I think that's a mistake. And yet. Tum Tum is going to play the perfect role, which is going to be backup point guard. I mean, he just had too much responsibility and too much uh, ownership on the on the offense. Like, so he's going to play the perfect role, and everybody, like you mentioned, like everybody kind of knows where they fit in. And they could do one of two things, Gus. They could either start him in the beginning of the year mm-hmm. to get everybody acclimated. Let's say he ends up coming off the bench midway through. Yeah, that is a great senior leader. I know he can't make a jump shot, but he's a great senior leader to come in at the twelve minute mark. Okay, to give you those four minutes, maybe even earlier, fourteen minute mark. Yeah. Give you that four minute, six minute time period. He's going to push the ball up the floor. He doesn't care. He's not going to have a chip on his. It's just I love when people have defined roles. And I think on Michigan State, they have it better than anyone else. Ward is going to start inside. Bridges is a star. Winston and Langford, point guard. Jackson's going to assimilate. McQuaid and Carter are off the bench. Yep. Solid team. I think I think they have all the pieces in place. And plus, if you're if you know if you have Coach Ezzo leading the way, I think that that makes perfect sense. Uh, so, screen the screener listeners out there. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we'd like to remind you if you'd like to get in touch with the show. Please hit us up at Twitter at S the S podcast. Efficiency of keystrokes as always. Love interacting with you guys. If you'd like to email the show, please do. Uh, Gmail S the S podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you if you have a suggestion for the show or a comment otherwise. And uh, we're looking to get as many reviews as we can on iTunes. So uh, thank you for the push towards uh, above 50. So now that we're above 50, let's go to 60. If you're liking what you're hearing, hit us up with a review on iTunes. Any review that gets plugged in, we will read live on the podcast. Absolutely. We got, like I said, folks, we are planning right now. I know it's a little bit of a quiet time. You're hitting the beach. Gus 
and I are going on vacation next week as well. So we will hit you back up in about a week or so and come back at you again. So we're taking our last break, I would say, Gus, to be... Oh, yeah. It's got, I'm looking forward to it, but uh, we'll miss uh, not talking hoops with you guys. A little refreshed and replenished, but we got some gifts to give away during the season. We got our website that we're rolling out. We got some really cool things that are ready to go. And we have some great, great guests and series lined up. So this is a big year for Screen the Screener. We could use those reviews if you don't mind. That would be very kind, very thoughtful, and we appreciate you putting the time aside. Uh, So thank you so much, everybody. We appreciate you guys tuning in. And uh, Mike and I will catch up with you when we return from our much-needed and well-deserved vacation. I've been counting the stars out the window, Gus. I don't think I see 38 stars (laughs) in the sky.